It's time now for 15 Minutes of Faith, practical application of God's timeless truth for today, a ministry of Harvest Baptist Church in Bay City, Michigan, where we glorify God, live His purpose, and love people well. So let's get growing with 15 Minutes of Faith. Hello once again and welcome to 15 Minutes of Faith. I'm your host, Pastor Jeremy Byler of Harvest Baptist Church in Bay City, Michigan. And today, as always, we're going to look to the Word of God at something that can help us in our spiritual lives. Something that I think has been somewhat absent in Christianity today. As you may notice or may not notice on different avenues, whether it be social media, uh, internet, uh, different platforms or whatnot, it seems as though we have become really good at accusing one another. We've become really good at clearly identifying one another's faults. And let me tell you, there's a part of that that is not biblical. Now again, the Bible does talk about mark those that cause divisions among you and avoid them. But I don't think that is necessarily the intent of a lot of what you see out there, whether it, again, whether it be on social media, whether it be on the internet, or whether it be, God forbid, within the house of the Lord, where the Bible clearly gives us instruction as to what we should do when we seem to find a brother overtaken by a fault, or even a brother involved in sin. The Bible gives clear instruction as to what to do, and it certainly is not to go online and air our opinion. It's not to go out there and uh, record a snippet of that individual and post it on there, whether it be within or without context, and uh, to really just make fun. You are not gaining your brother by doing that. And that was the intent of what Jesus wants. And we'll see that as we continue today. So whether or not you're online, whether or not you're on the internet or social media or wherever you're at, if you see these things, the Bible gives clear instruction of what to do when you find someone either overtaken in a fault or sinning even against you. Because what happens is we find ourselves as accusers of the brethren. We are not being Christ-like. In fact, we are acting like the devil. Revelation chapter 12.10 talks about the accuser of our brethren, talking about Satan. And he says, he accused them before our God day and night. When you find yourself necessarily pointing out faults uh, without any intent of restoration. You are an accuser of the brethren, and you are fulfilling the will of the devil. So be careful as you're doing that. Again, now, let me preface this with saying, I'm not saying we are to hide sin, that we are not to call it out, but that there is a process and intent of calling out sin. By all means, we must call out sin, but there's a biblical way to go about it. The intent is not to destroy. Now, I understand there's a lot of sin-filled, wicked people in this world that have done terrible and horrible things, and the idea in our minds is call it out and seek vengeance, not necessarily justice all the time. God is the just one. God will carry out all things. But he also says, vengeance is mine, I will repay, thus saith the Lord. And if we come at it with a heart of vengeance, again, we are not being Christ-like. So let's see what the Bible has to say. Again, if we're accusing our brethren and finding ourselves constantly in a position of accusation, we are playing the role of the devil. In the book of Matthew chapter 18, it gives a clear outline in regards to what we're to do even when someone sins against 
us. And that's the idea. It talks about when someone trespasses against thee. Sometimes people in the church will take this out of context and they'll say, well, if you do something that annoys me, uh, that bothers me, that maybe isn't my preference, uh, you know, the Bible says I need to go to you and, 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 and call you out and get you to change. That's not what the Bible's saying. It's trespass. When it's a definitive sin in accordance to God's word and it has been against you, the Bible says you are to go to your brother and tell him his fault. You're to go to them and make it be known what is done and what that sin and trespass is that has been against you. And it says, you know, if he hears you, you have what? Gained your brother. It doesn't say anything in the Bible about go to him, call out his fault, tear him up one side, down the other, and in the end, you have put him in his place. That's not what that's about. That's not Christ-like. Again, Christ uh, desires unity in the Spirit unity within the local body of believers, unity amongst Christians. And that is unity in accordance with God and his word. So when someone trespasses against you, it is an opportunity to gain thy brother, to bring it up, to get it to taken care of. Now again, if he doesn't hear you, it says bring witnesses, bring it before the church, so on and so forth. But a lot of times uh, we like to uh, sidestep that process and we would rather just accuse. We would rather slander. We would rather gossip about someone else, then just go right to them and take care of the issue. And I'll tell you, God is glorified when two Christians can come together and can get things right between one another. And that is the goal. Thou hast gained thy brother. But where we're going to go today is Galatians chapter number six to continue talking about the intent of what happens when we identify or we recognize uh, let me put it this way, sin in the camp. It reminds me, uh, at Harvest Baptist Church, we've just gone through the book of Joshua, uh, chapter number 6 and 7, with the uh, the conquering of, of Jericho, followed by the sin of Achan. And there was sin in the camp, and the Israelites did not experience victory because they had sinned against the Lord, and they did not deal with it. But only once it was dealt with, and Joshua called it out, followed God's plan for that, and took care of the sin in the camp was restoration obtained, and they continued on their victorious conquests of Canaan land. But many of us are harboring sin in our lives, and we cannot advance victoriously because we refuse to deal with the sin in our lives. And some of us may be sitting here thinking today, well, you know, uh, Pastor Byler, uh, I know I sin all the time. I sin every day. That's not what I'm talking about. Obviously, yes, we all sin, and we have an opportunity to keep those sins uh, before the presence of our Lord, to confess them, and to be in good communion uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit as he brings these things uh, to our attention as we obey the Spirit and walk in newness of life. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about uh, you know, when there's blatant sin uh, where people refused to take care of it. That is a hindrance to your walk with Christ. And it really could cause hindrance in the house of God. So what do we do? I'm glad we have the instruction of the book of Galatians, chapter number 6. And it says in verse number 1, brethren. All right, right there, it's to everyone. Notice it doesn't say pastors. No, it says brethren, everyone within the house of the Lord. If a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual... So there's a challenge there within itself that we are to be growing in the Lord and we are to be continually improving in our spiritual walk with Christ. We are to be the spiritual ones. Ye which are spiritual, look at that word, that next word in Galatians 6.1, restore. Restore such an one in the spirit of meekness. The goal is always, always restoration. 
But all too often, we believe that the goal is destruction. It is not destruction. That is not uh, the will of God concerning any of us. That is not what he would have us to do. God will take care of matters that he can take care of, and he can take care of all matters, but he's given us a command and a guideline in which to follow. If we see someone overtaken in a fault, and it's the idea of perhaps someone falling over a cliff and maybe hanging on by a thread, we see them in that besetting sin in their life, and we're to reach out a hand to restore such an one in the spirit of meekness. Not reaching down our hands saying, yeah, I knew this was going to happen. I knew you would end up in this situation. Well, here you are again. No, that's not what it is at all. That is not the intent. And that's why it's so important to be in the spirit of meekness, surrendered to the will of God and pertain to your role in helping this individual be restored in his walk with Christ. And the idea is this, considering thyself. Once again, when you ever see someone fall into sin, don't ever say to yourself, I would never do that. That's a sense of pride. You are not considering yourself. Now, you're not to say to yourself, oh, wow, I almost did that. No, but the idea is, wow, that is terrible that that would happen. I'm glad uh, you know, I need to really check myself and make sure that you know, I'm good with my walk with the Lord so that I do not end up in a similar situation. It may not be that exact sin, but I'll tell you what, somebody that has destroyed their life because of sin did not wake up one morning and decide, today is the day I begin the absolute destruction of my entire life. They did not do that, but it was because they would not consider themselves. They took many steps, falling into that sin, not considering themselves, and they found themselves overtaken in a fault. So the idea is that I too could be in a similar position, might be a different sin, might be a different circumstance, but you too could be the one over the edge hanging by a thread. And that's what talks about in verse number two of Galatians chapter number six, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. That's why it's important to be in the house of the Lord. That's why it's important to gather together with the body of believers. We're to provoke one another to what? Love and good works. And we're also to bear one another's burdens. Uh, you do that in the house of God. Sunday morning we have service. Sunday night we have service. You know, Wednesday, midweek service, we have prayer time and Bible study. Coming together to pray together as a, as a body of believers. Bearing one another's burdens and helping lift each other up. And what it says there in verse number two is, so fulfill the law of Christ. And what that's referencing is John chapter 13, where he says, love one another as I have loved you, demonstrating that Christ-like love one to another. And that's how we do that, by finding brethren that are found in a fault, overtaken in a fault, reaching out that olive branch of love, that hand of what? Restoration, considering ourselves, fulfilling the law of Christ as we bear one another's burdens. And he reiterates the point in verse number three. He says, For if a man thinketh himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. The Apostle Paul, divinely inspired by the Holy Spirit, penning these words, understood to whom he was talking, not just the Galatians, but to Christians in general, saying not only are we to consider ourselves, but also we are not to think ourselves to be something. And that happens, and I see it as a pastor of a church, I see it all the time. Somebody falls into sin, and they either have the mindset of, yeah, I knew it, I saw it coming. Well, then why didn't you do anything about it? 
Why didn't you reach out your hand in Christ-like love? So fulfill ye the law of Christ. Why didn't you do something in an endeavor to try and gain thy brother, whatever it may be? But no, you thought, well, I'm glad that's not me because I would never do that. And you sound just like the Pharisee that is praying in front of the publican. I thank thee that I am not as this publican. But you're deceiving yourself is what the Bible says. He deceiveth himself, but the answer to that is found in verse number four. But let every man prove his own work. That word prove is to examine. It's a time for self-reflection. It's a time for self-examination. What is the fruit of my life? Where areas am I coming short of God's glory? Where is God challenging me and where do I need to grow? That's what it says. Let every man prove his own work. And then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. The idea there is this, that you know that you're in good standing with your relationship with God and that you don't have to rejoice in the plight of another is what it's talking about in verse number four. You can say, you know what? Praise the Lord that I have a good relationship with my God, that I keep close accounts of my sin. I, I, I repent of them. I confess them. And, and God cleanses me from that, and I continually talk with my Lord and Savior. As opposed to, well, I might be bad, but at least I'm not as bad as so-and-so. That's what that's talking about in verse number four. Why? Because verse number five, for every man shall bear his own burden. So the idea is this. It's not necessarily that he's contradicting himself, but he's saying we shall give an account of ourselves. We're not going to be able to stand before Christ and say, well, I might have done this, but did you see so-and-so? And Jesus will say, oh, indeed, and I'll take care of so-and-so when so-and-so stands before me. But right now, we are talking about you. And that's not going to fly when the time comes and when you have to stand before Christ and give an account of what we have done in his name since the time of our salvation. So again, just a few quick verses we looked at today, and I think it would do us some good, Christians especially. Uh, Let's not use our keyboards to try and condemn, as Jesus himself said, that the world is condemned already. But instead, let's reach out in a spirit of bearing one another's burdens. Let's look to restore one another. You know, that would be refreshing to reach out and say, listen, I've noticed this, I've noticed that, how can I help? And you know what? It doesn't even have to be in the public sphere. As a matter of fact, following the Matthew 18 model, you're to go to him alone. And if you gain him in secret, that's, you know, the Lord will reward you openly. I know that's from another verse, but God would be more pleased if you were to gain your brother behind closed doors than if you were to broadcast it to be seen of men. So let's consider that as we provoke one another to love and good works. And I hope that was a blessing to you today. And I look forward to talking to you again next week. I hope you join us. But until then, I would encourage you to stay faithful.